Preacher, amen. Would you take your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 11, please? Book of Acts chapter number 11. I love your pastor. I love this church. I love so many of you. I, I was just thinking about it today. And, um, you know, there are seasons of life. There are, there are little spans of life. And, uh, you know, the older you get, the, the, the smaller those spans get, Amen. And uh, I'll tell you what, the three years we were here, I'll, I'll be, t- I told pastor, I said, I turned 50 in January, this, this January, I'll be 50. And um, the years between 34 and 37 that I was here were just three of the greatest years of my life. My wife and I and our boys were born here and you should see them now. It's unbelievable. Eric is up to here. He has a size 13 and a half shoe. He's 13. I said, kid, when you get to 14, you're on your own as far as buying shoes. Get a job, amen. Uh, they don't give those things away, amen. And uh, Luke is 11, and he's normal-sized, and uh, Kati is 7, and she's tall, of course. Carrie and I are both tall, but uh, we just, we loved our time here, Pastor. We, I honestly, I, I don't, I, we had fun serving the Lord together. We really did. I mean, listen, serving the Lord is serving. You know, it's, it's folding chairs and rolling tables and setting up for VBS and tearing down for VBS and, you know, all those things, going to the store and getting this and that for the big cookout or whatever. It's just, but, you know, it's serving the Lord. And it was just wonderful times. And, uh, you know, I thought I was ready to pastor uh, when I got out of Bible college. I was 29. And God saw fit for me to have eight years. Uh, I worked under Pastor Eric Tharp in uh, Holyoke and then under Brother Korea, uh, Brother Chad Korea, and then, of course, under your pastor for three years. And just, just wonderful. I'm, I'm reminded of the story of uh, we, we have so many sweet, I don't call them little old ladies, Miss Janet. I call them seasoned saints at our church. They're, they're, they're not senior saints. They're seasoned saints. <laughs> And well, we've got several little old seasoned saints that just love me. I'm telling you, they're always propping me up and encouraging. Oh, what a great message, Pastor. Thank you so much for preaching the word. And it reminded me of that story, Brother Paul, about uh, the lady who came and, and the sweet little old lady said to the pastor, she said, you know, Pastor, I want to just tell you something. You're a model preacher. And boy, the pastor, I'm telling you, Pastor, his head got about this big, you know, he went home and he's looking at his wife and says, you know, you're married to a model preacher. I just want to let you know, model preacher. And she's like rolling her eyes, you know, and like like all good pastor's wives would, you know, and she's going on and on. Week after week, he's like, you know, uh, Mrs. So-and-so said, I'm a model preacher. Just want to let you know who you're, you know, who, you, who you're married to. So finally, she had enough one day, and she put out the dictionary and came down, and he looked, he said, model preacher. She looked at the dictionary and said, model, small imitation of the real thing. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Sweet seasoned saints, amen. They're kind, amen. Acts chapter 11, look with me tonight. I want to preach to you a, a simple message that I hope will help you and help this church. I want to preach to you a message called the ideal church member. The ideal church member. Uh, we, we have members at our church. I'll talk a little bit about it. There are all kinds of members we'll look at, but we're going to look at the character of Barnabas tonight. 
Barnabas. So look with me in Acts chapter 11, verses 12 through 26. And if you're able, would you stand out of respect for the Word of God? We'll read verses 12 through 26. And uh, just follow along with me. Acts chapter 11, verses 12 through 26. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and thy house shall be saved. Boy, we need people to tell those words, don't we? Amen. Uh, It says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. What was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. It's a key portion of Scripture right here and how uh, it wasn't just for the Jews anymore, amen? It was for all of us. And by the way, you ought to be praising the Lord right now. I don't know if we have any Orthodox Jews in this auditorium. Most of us are Gentiles. Thank God that the gospel came to us too, amen? And uh, then verse 19, he says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of those things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth, who, church? Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, amen, and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Father, thank you for your goodness to each of us today. Thank you for bringing each one here tonight. Lord, I think about the early start uh, myself, uh, Lord, just getting up today about 3 a.m. and heading to the airport, and Lord, I thought about friends of mine that are in evangelism who do that every week of the world, many times, several times a week, Lord. What a blessing. Thank you for them. Lord, thank you for each one of these, your people that's here tonight. Many came right off work, and 
Lord, bless the, the activities up in the tabernacle tonight. And Lord, we ask that you just be with this simple message that you would help somebody to resolve to, to be a Barnabas, to, to, Lord, to look at these characteristics of, that Barnabas has and, Lord, to take them and apply them in their own lives. Lord, help us, Lord, to be pleasing to you, and uh, we'll thank you for it. We pray in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Can I say that I believe that every born-again, blood-washed believer, everyone that has trusted Christ as their personal Savior, should attach themselves to a local body of believers. And I don't just say that because I'm a pastor. Go back with me a few chapters in the book of Acts to Acts chapter 2. And beginning in verse 37, this of course is the sermon at Pentecost, and you find that uh, Peter preached the word, and then in verse 37 it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what should we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jump down to verse 41. It says, And then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. Then what happened? Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. I'll tell you exactly what they do. They attach themselves to a local church. They continued on. You can read further down verse 46, and they continuing daily I've heard people say, why do we have so many services? Okay, let's just go back to the book of Acts and do one every day. Everybody said, no, 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 this is good, Pastor. It's fine the way it is now, amen. And daily, with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Listen, it is the local church that baptizes believers. It is the local church that edifies members. It is the local church that administers the Lord's table. It is the local church that influences a community. It is the local church that reaches souls. It is the local church that sends out missionaries. And listen to me, churches are hurting, and in some cases churches are dying because people will not attach themselves to the local church. Listen, we ought to just attach ourselves. I think about a story that I heard Incredible story, Pastor, about a little church that had an influence around it. A church that was, listen, seeking to, to the members were seeking to glorify Christ and seeking to live holy, Christ-honoring lives. And, and a man was influenced by that church. And on his wedding day, he looked at his unsaved wife-to-be and said, we will serve the Lord. And it kind of took her back, Pastor, that, that he would say such a thing at that time. Here they are getting ready to do their vows. Well, it turned out that not only was he saved, but she got saved. And the man's name was James Taylor. He was the grandfather of J. Hudson Taylor, the missionary. You know why J. Hudson Taylor made it to the mission field? Because there was a little church. A little church. 
where people attached them. And, and I, by the way, I don't make any apology for that. I, ever since March of 1996, for me, 25 years, it's hard to believe, wherever the wind of the Holy Spirit has blown the feather of my life, my precious Blondie and I have gladly and willingly and dutifully attached ourselves to a local church. I thank God for that. I go back to those early days at Mountain View Baptist Church and getting saved, and then two years later being in Bible college and joining Emmanuel Baptist Church in Pontiac, Michigan, and then coming back to Mountain View Baptist Church, and then coming to Harvest Baptist Church, and then for the last 12 years I've been at Loomis Park Baptist Church. I'm privileged to be the pastor, but I'm also privileged to be a member pastor. Just to be a member of a local church. In these 25 years, by the way, I've seen all kinds of church members. I've seen some sinful church members. It's a fact. I've seen some carnal church members. I've seen some demanding church members. By the way, it's okay to say amen. Nobody's going to think it's you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've, se I've seen some draining church members. Amen, Pastor. <laughs> I've seen some griping church members. You know, it, it, it could be 72 degrees out, not a cloud in the sky, and they'll say, well, it's going to rain tomorrow, don't you know? I mean, it's just griping about. I've seen some overpious church members, people that just, you know, they thought that the, the more sour your puss, the more spiritual you are, amen? That's, I've seen them, amen? I've seen some cold church members, unfaithful church members, high-maintenance church members, but you know what else? I've also seen and known way more wonderful church members, Wonderful. If you would, just look back in the text at chapter 11. Now, I want to just give you the context real quick, and, and uh, we'll get into the message. But uh, we see the salvation, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. I, I remember, Pastor, when I was uh, teaching through Ephesians, I taught through Ephesians on Wednesday night. You know, Ephesians is only six chapters, Pastor, and I did 86 lessons on the book of Ephesians. Well, you get into chapter 2 where the wall of partition comes down and Jews and Gentiles worshiping together and that that was God's plan through all the ages, amen, that it would be that way. And here that happens right here. So there's the salvation. But, of course, uh, whenever there's salvation, there's some contention. Verses 2 and 3, what happens? And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision... This was Jewish believers, contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised and didst eat with them. And, and then we see the proclamation, verses 4 through 17. I don't have time to get into it all there. Glorification, verse 18, if you look at it with me. When they heard these things, they held their peace. But what did they do? They glorified God. You know, Pastor, when I first came to Loomis Park Baptist Church, I, I thought there was something wrong with me. Now, I know there's something wrong with me. There's a whole bunch of things wrong with me, amen? But, but people just, you know what? They didn't budge during invitations. They didn't budge. Now, we'd have, you know, spattering of people here or there. They, they just, they didn't budge. And after a while, I tell you, at first, Brother Paul, it really grated on me those first couple of years, man. Nobody would move. And, and then we'd have an evangelist come in, and he'd preach the same exact thing that I did. Everybody's at the altar, and I'm like, you know, go like this. What's wrong with me? Amen? And uh, I realized, I said, you know what? My, my people, Pastor, at our church, 
They know how to eat their meat right there in the pew and live their lives accordingly. You know, I like this verse in verse 18. It says, when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God. See, we think that, you know, glorifying God is, you know, forgive me, uh, that people do foolish things uh, in, in some churches, just silly things, running the aisle, swinging from the chandeliers, you know, yelling and screaming, all that. You know, you can be a quiet, stoic person and glorify God. It says it right there. So they held their peace and glorified God. Hey, there have been times, Brother Dayfield, where I just quietly said, glory to God. Didn't, didn't yell it out or anything like that. Just glory, amen. Well, it goes on. There's not only the glorification, but there's the separation. Verse 19. Now, what? They that were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but the Jews only. So there's still a separation between Jews and Gentiles here. But then there's the confirmation, verses 20, 21, especially verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. If they were looking for a confirmation that God was in this, here it was, right there, amen. And then there's the exhortation, verses 22 and 23. This is where we see Barnabas here. That we see, it says, they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them. You know, Pastor, I. I think one of the great jobs of a pastor, one of the great privileges is to be an exhorter, to be somebody who exhorts people to live for God, exhorts people to stand for God, exhorts people in, in the Word of God, amen. So I want to look and study this character of Barnabas tonight, and I, I really believe he was an ideal uh, church member. And so I'm going to give you kind of the applications and the points all at the same time tonight, and Hopefully we can uh, uh, do that together here. Go back with me to, to Acts chapter 4. And uh, once we get there, I'll, I'll give you the first point here. Acts chapter 4, verse number 32, please. Oh, I love this. We've had so many guests, Pastor, in recent weeks. And, and uh, we, we had a, a, a tour group. Uh, with us, and I love when the tour groups come in. It's always a blessing to have special music, and and uh, we had a tour group come in, and one they were from um, West Coast Baptist College, and uh, one of the families of the the tour group came all the way from California. They were actually just doing kind of a little family vacation, and they spent the Fourth of July with us, and they could not stop bragging about our church. They could not, they just, this just so much reminds us of home and, and we love this church and we hope to come back one day and all that. Your people are so friendly and all that. And I thought about verse 32 there, Pastor. It says, and the multitude of them that were believed were of one heart and one soul. Boy, it ought to be that way. I, I think that the distinguishing characteristic of our church, Loomis Park Baptist Church, is unity. Having unity, being unified, amen. And it goes on here and it says, uh, it tells, talks about neither any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. Uh, by the way, some people try to take these verses and use them to try to prove out communism. They don't do 
anything of the sort. Nothing of the sort here. This was a very unique time in church history. About 8,000 people got saved and joined the church. Wouldn't that be a good problem? Amen, Pastor. Amen. But it was a problem. There was lots of needs, and people said, you know what? I got this extra. I got this extra. I can give that. I can be a blessing to them, these people that have real needs. Verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Uh, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. Nobody made them do this. They wanted to do it. They just wanted to. And he goes on, it says, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Here we go. And Joseph who by the apostles was surnamed what? Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Can I give you a number one point about the ideal church member, what I see in Barnabas right here? The ideal church member sees needs and meets needs. He sees needs and meets needs. The ideal church member doesn't, if they see a, a wrapper on the ground, they don't pass by and say, well, we got people that clean the church. They just see a need and meet a need. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of times, Pastor, in, in our ministry, uh, we, we just literally recently, uh, such a blessing, we, we had a, a man in our church, he's a precious brother in our church, and uh, father of uh, uh, one, two, three, four, four, uh, three little boys, and just we love this family, just a precious family. He's the sole provider of his house, and he, he had, oh, the poor guy, he has kidney stones. Oh, he, and his father had him too, and so, uh, and he had, he had a stone get lodged, and he had to have a very, very difficult surgery, and had got infection, and recovery, and all that, and for three weeks, he hadn't been able to work, and so, pastor, you know what I did? I just, I said, you know, folks, I think it'd be all right if we took a special offering, took a special offering, and you know what our people did, pastor? They gave. They, they saw that need, and they met that need. We gave them almost $1,000 on Sunday night. To God be the glory. Amen. Listen, the ideal church member doesn't wait around to, to be asked. You know, uh, years ago, we do a program in the summertime called King Josiah's Club. And uh, you know what it is? It's, we, we do uh, patch clubs during the year, and then it's just a summer program for our kids. And uh, it, we, we used it as kind of an acronym, and each, each letter, uh, uh, or an acrostic, rather, each letter had a word. And uh, my boys came home, they were small, and uh, I just like to try to quiz them uh, like every good dad does. You know, what'd you learn about today? Jesus that's not good enough, amen. I need more than that. And uh, that my, my son Eric, he piped right up, Pastor, and he said, initiative. And I said, oh, really? What's initiative? He said, doing right without being asked. Amen. That's an ideal church member right there. They don't need to be asked. They don't need to be asked. Uh, by the way, Pastor, we've had some ideal church members that maybe took some initiative and maybe messed things up a little bit. Amen. But I'll tell you what, I appreciate somebody that takes the initiative, sees a need, and meets a need. Amen? He see, he, Barnabas here, he sees needs and meets needs. Here's another one. Go to chapter 9. Chapter 9. I like this one. 
Think about this now. Two chapters earlier, Stephen is stoned to death and they laid their coats at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Chapter 8 tells us that Saul made havoc of the church. Amen? Chapter 9 tells us God got Saul's attention on the Damascus Road. Years ago, one of our professors in Bible college said, no one gets saved until God gets their attention. Very true. What happened to Saul there on the Damascus Road? He got saved. But listen, his reputation still preceded him. He was the church wrecker, Brother Howard, amen. He, he was somebody who destroyed people and persecuted them that were in the way. So look at chapter 9, verse 23. It says, And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. <clears throat> but their laying in wait was known of Saul, <clears throat> and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. I have a message I preach on that text called Holding the Ropes, Amen. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. Why? Because he was saved. And that's what you ought to do. If you're saved, you ought to be, want to be around saved people who are gathering together. Amen. Amen. And so, but they were all what? Afraid of him. And with good reason. Okay? And believe not that he was a disciple. Oh, he's just, you know what? He's trying to infiltrate us. He's just trying to get in. and We know, we know everything he's done. But then look what it says in verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them, coming and going out of Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him, which, when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. You know what I see? Secondly, not only the ideal church member sees needs and meets needs, but number two, the ideal church member steadies others. They steady others. You know, I've learned at Loomis Park Baptist Church, we only have two problems, men and women. That's it. Other than that, we don't have any problems, Brother Butler. But those two seem to make up 100% of the problems, amen? No, listen, even, even in a loving church, even in a unified church, you're going to rub each other the wrong way. Somebody's going to take something the pastor says from the pulpit, and the devil's going to get his foot in there and magnify it. And you know what we need at a time like that? Maybe when somebody's huffing and puffing a little bit, we need an ideal church member to go to that person and go, oh, easy. Easy. Relax. I've known pastor for years, amen. I don't think he meant that the way you're taking it. Let's go talk to him. 
Amen? Steadies others. The ideal church. Just think about, listen, I don't know, pastor, at least 13 books, but if you count Hebrews, 14 books of the New Testament that Paul would write after Barnabas steadied the disciples. What if he didn't? We'd be missing a considerable amount of our New Testament. Amen? So he steadies others. He sees needs and meets needs. Look at chapter 11, our text, verses 22 through 24. Tell you what I see here. So you look, it says, in the middle of verse 22, and they sent forth Barnabas. Why did they send forth Barnabas? I'll tell you why. It says that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he had seen, who when he had came and had seen the grace of God was glad, exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Number three, the ideal church member is spiritual. Spiritual. Sp- Listen, we all have flesh. We have to battle it. I'm going to talk about that, fellas, as we, we're at the men's retreat. We're going to talk about that, this old flesh that rears up all the time and still wants what it wants. But I'm telling you what, the ideal church member is spiritual. And let me, let me give you what I mean by spiritual. First of all, we know that uh, Barnabas was a saved man, Okay. It says, whom when he came had seen the grace of God. You know, he, see, he saw the grace of God. He recognized the grace of God in his own life. For by grace are you saved through faith. He knew what God's grace was in his life. So he was a saved man. He was a faithful man, according to verse 22. Why would they send Barnabas? Because they knew he was faithful. He could be trusted. I, I just preach, and I, I may preach it uh, here uh, at the men's, men's retreat or even maybe Sunday, but preached on uh, the, the simple formula for a successful spiritual life. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Just to, faithful to what you know the Word of God says. So he was a saved man. He was a faithful man. Verse 23, whom when he came and had seen the grace of God was what? Glad. You know, it is okay to smile in church. I remember I went to Midwestern Baptist College and, and Dr. Malone was not known for smiling. You know, we'd, we'd say to him, Dr. Malone, smile. And he'd say, I am smiling. <laughs> you know, it's okay. You don't, listen, you don't have to look like you've been baptized in pickle juice and sucking on lemons all day. Amen? I mean, he was glad. He was joyful. You know, joy is contagious. Get around a joyful Christian, it'll rub off on you. Amen? And so he was spiritual, he was saved, uh, faithful, joyful in this spirituality. You know what he was? He was an encouraging man. It says he exhorted them all. He exo- I think of him, uh, uh, I just finished a, a book, uh, Pastor, uh, called How to Be Like Walt, about Walt Disney. Just him personally. Died in 1966, and, and uh, obviously his name has gone on. But one of the things that almost without fail... All of his people said about Walt Disney was he was an encourager. He was just somebody that encouraged everybody. Uh, He'd give people tasks that they didn't think they could do, and he'd put his his hand on their shoulder, Brother Benedict, he'd say, say, you know what, I know you can do it. 
He said, and the guy would say, well, I failed. He said, that's all right. You just found a way not to do it. Boy, we need people like that in our lives. Boy, we can be people like that in other people's lives. Exhort. He was an encouraging man. So he's spiritual, saved, faithful, joyful, encouraging. You know what? He was a purposed man, according to verse 23. Exhorted them all that with what? Purpose of heart. You know what? You know what his purpose was? He wanted people to be closer to Jesus. He wanted people to get closer to God. He wanted people to have a better relationship with God. Why? Because the cause of Christ would be bettered by that. You know what happens when this local church has a whole bunch of ideal church members? Pastor, missions giving goes up. More people out with gospel tracts in the community. And all God's people said, Amen. Purposed man. You know what it says according to verse 24? I like that it says this. He was a good man. He was a good man. You know, we need a few good men. Amen? We really do. We need a few good men. Just, it's okay that somebody would say, you know, that guy, he's a good man. He's a good man. I ought to say that about God's people. Amen? Amen? So saved man, faithful man, joyful man, encouraging man, purposed man, a good man. Verse 24. And he was full of the Holy Ghost. You know what? He was a spirit-filled man. He was a spirit. By the way, hard to be a spiritual man without being a spirit-filled man. How, how can I be spirit-filled, Pastor? Galatians 5:16. Walk in the Spirit. You say, how do I do that? Obey the commands of this book. And you'll see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, Galatians 5, 22. He was a spirit-filled man. I like this. He was a trusting man, full of the Holy Ghost and of what? Faith. Faith. He was somebody that trusted God. He was a trusting man. I hope that my children will say about uh, their mom and dad, you know what? Mom and dad were faithful. Mom and dad trusted God. We tell our kids, we don't tell them the amounts, Pastor, but we tell them about our missions giving. We tell them we got no business giving what we give to missions. No business whatsoever. If you, if you were Dave Ramsey and you took a look at my finances, you'd say, what is wrong with you? You would. I'm telling you. But I'm telling you what, we trust God. We trust Him. And we're not, I'm not talking about being foolish. Amen. We trust Him. You know what? Barnabas trusted, a trusting man. And then lastly, I like this under spiritual. So we have one, sees needs and meets needs. Two, steadies others. Spiritual, uh, number three. And then we have all these little subpoints under spiritual. Saved man, faithful man, joyful man, encouraging man, purpose man, good man, spirit-filled man, trusting man. He was a multiplying man. To so say there at the end of verse 24, and much people was added unto the Lord. Amen. He was a multiplying man. So, spiritual, steadies others, sees needs and meets needs. Uh, let me give you another one. Verses 24 through 26 here. It says, For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added on the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus. Why? For to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in any. You know what I notice here is 
He was a sensitive man. And I don't mean, you know, overly sensitive, like offended or anything like that. I mean this. He knew, Pastor, that he needed Saul's help. He knew he, what he was about to endeavor in, teaching the church at, at Antioch here for a whole year. He couldn't do it alone. He needed help. He needed help. So he was sensitive to his limitations and needs and abilities. And uh, by the way, blessed is the man who can't do it all himself. You know, we ought to all ought to be like that. By the way, you ought to take notice of this man right here. I think we all understand over the last couple of years, he's got some limitations that have come into his life. You know what he needs? A whole bunch of ideal church members. Lift up his hands, amen. Sensitive. I like this. Go to chapter 13. Sensitive, spiritual, steadies others, sees needs, meets needs. Chapter 13. I'm right on time, pastor. Now there were in the church that was in the Antioch certain prophets and teachers as who? Barnabas. Chapter 13, verse 1. And Simeon which was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, who? Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they sent them away. You know what I notice about Barnabas right here? And any ideal church member, he was surrendered. Surrendered. You know, that's one of those things. God may not call you off to some foreign land, but He ought to have your heart. He ought to have your heart. Willing to go and do whatever God wanted. That's what Barnabas was willing to do. Surrendered. Sensitive. Spiritual. Steadies others. Sees needs and meets needs. Uh, go to chapter 15. Chapter 15. Last two points here. Chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and who? Had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. You know what I see about an ideal church member here? Barnabas was sound in the faith. He knew that they, they were saying right here, if you're not circumcised and you're not saved, Barnabas said, hold on, that's adding something to the gospel. That's, hey, by the way, pastor, that's real legalism. Not the kind that people bark about today, which isn't legalism. He was sound. You know, the best thing you can do for your church and your preacher is study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Just getting in your Bible on your own time in Sunday school, in the Wednesday night program, amen, and just being sound in the faith. 
I've said before, Pastor, that if I brought in a guest uh, that, that said something heretical, there ought to be a line of people at my door if I've done my job properly. Sound in the faith. Sound. You know, ideal church member is sound. They can be counted. They know what they believe. Years ago, a pastor friend of mine, an old preacher, <clears throat> a young pastor friend of mine called an older preacher and he was telling him some things that were going on in the church and <clears throat> the, the older man said, well, you got three kinds of people in your church. You got people who believe what you say because you say it. He said, you got people who believe what you say because you say it and they study it for themselves. And then you got people who don't believe anything you say. He said, now, which, which do you want the biggest group to be? And the young pastor, Brother Butler, said, I want that second group that, that believe it because I say it and they study it out for it to be true. And he asked the older man, he said, which group do you want? He said, oh, I've been at this so long, I just want the first group, amen, that just believes it because I say it, amen. He, that's funny, but listen, the second group is what, what an ideal church member is. And then lastly tonight, Look with me in verses 36 through 41. I like this. Sees needs, meets needs, steadies others, spiritual, sensitive, surrendered, sound, verses 36 through 41. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Remember, John Mark left them on the, on the mission field, okay? We don't know why. The Bible doesn't say. But the Bible does say in verse 39, speaking of Paul and Barnabas here, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. But here's what I want you to notice. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended to the brethren by the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. You know what Barnabas did here? You know, you know what the ideal church member is? Serving. Now, Barnabas continued to serve despite a divisive disagreement. And can I tell you something? I believe Barnabas was right on this issue. And I think I can prove it, Pastor, because at the very end of Paul's ministry, when they are sharpening the axe to martyr him in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, you know what he says to young Timothy? He says, take Mark because he's profitable for the ministry. In essence, Pastor, I think Paul said, you know what, I, I got that one wrong. But what if Barnabas had said, you know what, never mind this, forget it, I'm done. You know what God did through a disagreement? He doubled his ministry. But it took somebody who wanted to serve the Lord. And Barnabas did that. You know, on January 20th, 1961, John F. Kennedy gave his inaugural address. And he used a, a, a famous 
portion of the speech which has been quoted time and time and time again ever since. And it really galvanized America in the 60s and particularly the space race. And it was this, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Can I, can I spiritualize that just a little bit? You know, people come into the church pastor and say, well, what kind of youth program you have? What kind of, what, what, what is that? What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Ask not what your church can do for you. Ask what you can do for your church. Ideal church member. Father, thank you for your goodness and blessing. Thank you for these simple thoughts from Barnabas. Oh, Lord, I pray. Lord, I know this is the Wednesday night crowd. There are many ideal members right here in this group. But, Lord, perhaps there are some that you've been knocking on their heart's door about being more faithful, about getting more involved, about maybe helping out with something here or there, maybe going to the pastor and saying, Pastor, I'm, I'm willing. I, I don't know what needs to be done, but I'm willing and surrendering myself to it. Lord, I pray that you'd work in folks' hearts. Make this one message for many hearts and do the work that only you can do. We pray in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let's stand to our feet.